Let's Jaws for a Minute, the podcast which takes a deep dive into Steven Spielberg's 1975 classic film Jaws, minute by minute or thereabouts. I'm Sarah Budry. And I'm MJ Smith. And this week we are talking about another scene from Jaws, obviously. And (laughs) this scene takes place from the 36 minutes and 5 seconds to 37 minutes and 57 seconds. And I promise that's not 20 seconds beyond where it's supposed (laughs) to be. Um, In this scene... It takes place right after Mayor Vaughn mentions that he is not going to have them do some half-ass autopsy on a fish and cut the shark open and have that little Kittner boy spill out all over the dock. And as soon as he finishes that line, Mrs. Kittner is escorted to Brody and uh, essentially confronts him about the cover-up that has happened. So this is everything has come to a head as far as covering up Chrissy's death. She mentions that she heard about the the, the girl who died last week, thus confirming our time travel theory, and <laughs> uh, basically says that because of that, Alex is dead. And that she just wanted him to know that. And uh, the scene ends. It's basically that. It's, it's her laying her grief bare before Brody. And then the scene ends with a wide shot of Brody and Hooper and Vaughn and all the fishermen and the shark. And Vaughn tells Brody that she's wrong. And Brody says that she isn't and walks away. And the scene ends with a close up on Hooper kind of realizing what's happened here. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's basically the whole scene, but it's fantastic. Uh, Sarah, what did, what did you notice in this scene? Oh, I mean, it's, so good and i think that this is although it's not the first time we've seen her this is really um lee fierro's big moment as mrs kintner so a really great opportunity to talk about how incredible she is in this scene and uh, sadly she uh she passed away last april i believe um she was 91 um and pretty much her entire career was was jaws she didn't do a whole lot um outside of that but she really makes an impact and this scene she makes a huge impact um uh, the 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 slap uh that she gives to brody is uh what she is sort of known for i was reading that apparently when she was alive that fans would regularly ask her if she could slap them um <laughs> so <laughs> however you get your kicks uh that's <laughs> that's fine by me but yeah it's it just goes to show that how much of an impact someone can have in a in a small amount of of time and i know it's the the same with the uh susan backlinney who plays chrissy as well you know is literally just in the beginning of the film but fans kind of like go wild for for her because of the incredible impact she had in a relatively short moment and and same goes for here but yeah it's just i i love that the the change in tone of this scene um even though the moment we spoke about just prior to this is quite serious and sort of becomes more serious as it progresses as brody sort of sort of like starts to realize you know this isn't the shark this is like a real gut punch this scene and the culmination of so many things that we've spoken about we spoke about at length the kind of collective grief that the island is experiencing but here we see all of that in in one person a a mother Mm. who is grieving for her son and a lot of the decisions or things that have happened prior to this in terms of uh the town meeting and the mayor's interactions with brody and the steps that brody has and hasn't taken 
all of that sort of comes to a head in this scene so it's an incredibly important moment and uh, we'll have a chance to talk about Roy Scheider again because he does I feel like I say this every week I probably sound like a broken record but I don't care he does some of the best silent face acting and this is another really really great uh, example of that but yeah Lee Fierro is the the real star of this scene and it's just incredible I'm looking forward to to getting into it in even more detail but yeah I think the thing that stuck out most for me was just how impactful this sort of like short scene is and it's very simple and there's not a whole lot going on in the background or otherwise a couple of little bits that we'll we'll get to but yeah just a great piece of acting this scene hits like a ton of bricks man it is so so powerful and lee fiero is the the driving force behind it i mean she she's incredible in this scene Mm -hmm. and she doesn't oversell it it's not an over-the-top you know uh sort of wailing and gnashing of teeth type of grief that she's experiencing it feels so real like she slaps him yes Mm -hmm. but she doesn't yell at him she doesn't raise her voice she just kind of quietly states her piece and walks away and that is true power right she doesn't Mm -hmm. make a show Mm -hmm. out of this she doesn't you know she's doing it publicly but she doesn't want to necessarily make an example of him in front of everyone as far as calling him out she wants him to know that this is personal that this you know this could have happened anywhere i think and Mm -hmm. uh this is the direct result of his um caving to the demands of vaughn and the, the thing that sucks is she, she doesn't know that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now he's, you know, he's put up as this sort of sacrifice because he's the new guy. He's easy to pick on. And I'm not saying Brody's without fault. Like Brody definitely could have stepped in at the town meeting and mentioned Chrissy and gone above the mayor's head. And he probably should have. But at the same time, without Vaughn doing the BS that he was doing, we wouldn't have gotten to this point either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the... I think the quietness of the scene is the thing that really gets me, and they do this in quite a clever way as well, which is when she is sort of approaching the there's still the kind of background chatter of the the other people on the dock and background noise or whatever but the moment that she slaps Brody it goes like deadly silent mm-hmm. like you can sort of just about hear the kind of like faint rumbling of boats in the background and the waves and all of that stuff that you would just naturally hear but everyone like stops like dead in their tracks and is just listening to her and I think it's so great as well that Brody doesn't doesn't say anything to her he he says everything he needs to say across his face you can just see that guilt overwhelm him and it sort of comes like you see him look down but yet he is looking at her and sort of attentively listening to what she's saying and because he knows he knows that that he made the wrong decision he doesn't try to defend himself he doesn't try to deny it he is just silent because he knows that his his actions or perhaps his lack of assertiveness i guess was the thing that led to alex's death and i think that there are lots of moments in the film where we see brody as as the father and in this scene even though his kids aren't there ellen isn't there what i see in this is not chief brody it is you know martin brody the father to two boys uh his two boys were on the beach that same day as alex was killed they were a stone's throw away from alex it could have been them um who were killed by the shark and the emotion and the the quietness in what mrs kintner says to him 
and you know talking about her boy and and everything and it's so it's so gut-wrenching and you can just see it all of those things kind of written across his face where it's not just that guilt that he's experiencing that he could have done more it's also perhaps that guilt that he put his sons into a position of of danger as well and and this scene is sort of followed by that really lovely interaction between Brody and his son and I think that's important because we are sort of seeing the really human side of of Brody in this particular scene and it's so great how he just puts that across by saying absolutely nothing yeah and there's only one shot of him during their interaction as well the the Mm -hmm. camera Mm -hmm. is trained mainly on Mrs. Kittner in this in this scene there's one sort of shot reverse shot cut and we just see I mean everything you mentioned on on Roy Scheider's face it's (laughs) it's guilt it's sorrow it's uh heartbreak it's um anger it's 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 everything that he he should be feeling in this moment and Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. like we've said before a testament to Roy Scheider's face acting so it's so good (laughs) even in that brief Mm. second um that we see because it's not a long cutaway to him either it's one of the shorter shots in the 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 dialogue scenes and then right Mm. back to a, a if you're paying attention to it honestly an uncomfortably long focus on um (laughs) on mrs kittner talking to him like i was watching it kind of trying to feel out where the cut would be i didn't time it out exactly with the timestamp or anything but i just couldn't believe it was that long of a of a shot on on her face once Mm -hmm. again one of those silent spielberg one take shots and uh we don't you know essentially Brody and Mrs. Kittner exist in this world that we kind of talked about last week where Hooper and um, Brody are existing in the previous scene that we talked about where it's, you know, everything's happening in the background and it's kind of just them who are their focus. Well, this is even narrower. It's her and him and the man who escorted her who... I don't know if that was a husband or a father or someone from the funeral home. Um, and a couple of background actors who I want to talk about in a second, but not the focal point. So it's it's a very private interaction, even though it's very... ...in front of the whole town, basically. Mm. Yeah, the, the closeness of the shot, I think, is deliberately uncomfortable. Like, it's not it's not nice to be that close to someone else's grief because I think that it just makes it, it makes it so much more impactful, but that I think is necessary for this scene. Like we really need to feel her grief in this moment and the fact that it is so close in on her face and it doesn't really move away from that um, is I think really, really important because in the, in the previous scene we, we, we talked about, uh i think going back two scenes actually with the the tiger shark bit there's a lot sort of happening in the background like quint is going past on his boat you can see all the people in yellow you can see the shark hanging up there's the the natural wipes all that kind of stuff happening and there's so there's lots of like little red flags and warning signs um but this i think it being focused on on just mrs kintner is is really important and then when you get that what that wider shot at the end with Brody and Larry and Hooper and the shark is kind of like hanging there in the background it hits so differently compared to the last time we saw the shark hanging up and then it was this sort of moment of uh jubilation really celebration that the shark had had been caught and just a few minutes later after getting this absolute gut punch that you know amidst all these kind of like activities and even if this was the shark that killed alex this isn't a time for like celebration and slapping each other on the back like here is a mother dressed all in black grieving her son so that that shot where you see the shark then kind of like hanging up it's over to the left of the screen and Brody hooper and larry on the right 
it just oh it really it just it hit differently <laughs> it hit differently this time for me and I really felt it I felt this scene in ways I don't think I've ever felt it before I've always known it's a upsetting and powerful emotional scene but I think that because of the level that we're going into this there was so much more mm -hmm. to that because you know we've we've spoken about um Brody's journey throughout really and how there were so many moments when he could have done more and could have said something and we sort of went between us in defending him and calling him out I think um but for the most part I think we've generally been team mm -hmm. Brody and in this moment it's kind of like well I mean she's not wrong and Brody emphasizes that at the end as well and I, I want to talk about Larry's line because yeah. I've got thoughts on that um but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that but yeah there's 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 simply no denying it at this stage like Brody could have done more yes it required the cooperation of others around him and more support from the mayor and the townspeople and whatnot so he is not the only person guilty but a lot of this guilt is on his shoulders and he is going to carry that and that is something that he carries for the rest of the film yeah i think one of the things too in this scene that that makes it kind of great is i mean he takes his lumps you know like he he doesn't mm -hmm. argue with her because he he, he can't like he he mm -hmm. he owns it and not in a performative way you know he's he doesn't launch immediately into a uh you know political defense or denunciation of these accusations like he just says she's she's right and you know, mm -hmm. take takes it the way he should. You know, he he. You know, not to trivialize it, but like he takes the L because there's no, there's no excuse for <laughs> for this. And like I said, even even if she knew about Larry being the one who masterminded all this, Brody's still complicit in it. Like he absolutely mm -hmm. should have said mm -hmm. something about Chrissy at the town meeting. So you know, it, it's not he's a complicated guy and i think that's what makes him such a great character is he's not out here you know mr super cop making the right decision every step of the way he's you know he's making mistakes but he's learning from them and he's growing as a person and that's what makes us endeared to him and it you know larry gets that eventually but he gets it a lot sooner partly because he's the protagonist but um you know it, i think that's something to that's almost more commendable it's one of the things that makes that character someone that we resonate with way more than you know not that the super cop movies of like the 80s and stuff aren't a good time but they're not particularly complex either um you know he's i feel like any one of us could make a mistake similar and we probably have for in someone's eyes mm-hmm mm. You know, maybe maybe not to the, you know, obviously neither one of us is a police chief. So I don't think any one of us has made a, a, a political decision that has cost the life of someone. But, you know, and I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe think. I don't <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've only known you for 24 episodes of this podcast. So, <laughs> um, you know, but I think there are people who, you know, we've slighted in some way or another in our personal lives or in the workplace and not just i mean not just us but like everyone and they see us mm -hmm. differently than a lot of people do and and that's just something we have to learn from and like if we're and we may not know and if we find out we have to say yo like yep <laughs> um that's mm -hmm. <laughs> there's there's no two ways about it and so uh a hero that can make mistakes and still come out looking like a hero is just inherently more interesting. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's... Uh, you could argue, like, why Mrs. Kintner didn't approach the mayor and why it was Brody that she, that she went to instead. But she clearly... I don't know what, where she 
heard about Chrissy because she sort of like when she starts talking let me just get the script in front of me um she says I just found out Mm. that a girl got killed here last week um and you knew it so it's it's not even because you know we sort of said Brody should have piped up at the town meeting but she's going back before then because the town meeting happened after Alex was killed so she is sort of taking it like way back to those sort of like first few scenes like where we saw Brody on the beach when he found the body when he was putting up you know going to put up the beach clothes signs and everything and obviously the thing that got in the way was was Larry going to speak to him and then the beach was opened after that but it just goes to show like how every every decision or every action that was and wasn't taken has now sort of like led up to this situation that we find ourselves in and mrs kintner is not you know you should have said something at at the at the town meeting because she knows that that would have already been too late for to save alex but had brody acted when he knew that chrissy had chrissy had died or that someone had died on the beach and and closed the beaches and used his authority and and everything else that it could have been prevented i think that's the thing that's hardest about this scene is that his death was perhaps entirely preventable but i wonder like what reaction larry would have given if mrs kintner had gone and slapped him around the chops instead i imagine it would be a very uh political answer where he would have just like tried to deny it basically (laughs) basically um but yeah it's I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Like any thoughts on that, on maybe why she went for went for Brody, or perhaps like what Mayor Vaughan's reaction would have been like if it, if she'd gone for him instead? Yeah, I think one of the reasons is, uh, I th- I think she the the way that the 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 scene plays out is it seems like she knows she has some sort of insider information that I'm not sure how she gets about the fact that this was covered up and the medical report was changed, which is something that the police would handle. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, she, she says she found out about the girl that died here last week. And I think her idea is, well, when people die suspiciously, that's the police's job. So why didn't the police handle this Mm. and tell us what we needed to know? Um, I don't know that she necessarily even considers Vaughn in this situation. Um, mm-hmm. because when you hear a death or particularly a horrific one like Chrissy's, you would immediately think, where are the police? What are the police going to do? Why didn't the police do anything? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, I think that's probably why I think it's better that way because Brody is an adult and uh if she would have gone to larry i mean his line to brody says everything you need to know about Mm. how he would have handled the situation i mean he would have you know taken he, he would have been very reactive to the situation and um i don't think he would have been necessarily explosive and like immediately defending himself to her face while that was happening. I feel like he would have said something to her instead of letting her walk away. Um, But I think Mm -hmm. he would have gotten with Harry and gotten into the papers to defend himself, like a proto-Twitter, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. He would have denied it at all costs, I think, or have spun some kind of story about why they... Yeah, why they didn't react or why they didn't close the beaches or something he would have Vaughn would have definitely had an answer the kind of stock Mm -hmm. answer up his sleeve I think for for why he um yeah didn't do anything I've just had a thought um dangerous I know but is the guy that Mrs Kintner is with is that the guy who is in the police station right at the beginning you know the guy who comes in and is like, Brody, this they're parking on my lawn Ooh, or whatever uh, they're doing. I'm not sure. 
I was just furiously googling it in the background to try and see if it was because that would make sense I think because he he was sort of in the police station when they were talking about potentially like overheard a conversation I don't know and that might have been how that's if it is if I am right uh I'm impressed that I noticed that but also it would make sense I feel like because yeah Mrs Kintner has clearly got some some extra information because she it wasn't sort of public knowledge and like we said they they changed all the reports about Chrissy as well so they did not want this information to get out and the examination has only just happened with Hooper sort of concluding that it was a shark that killed Chrissy, but there's still a lot of unanswered questions at that stage and the cover-up has sort of already happened by then, so someone must have told her. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, looking at it, I just I just scrubbed through it while you were talking and mm-hmm. it does not seem like the same guy. This guy seems a little bit taller and um, uh... his, his, his jowls aren't as jowly, it, it seems. um i i do see they have similar hats on and similar like olive colored Mm -hmm. clothing so yeah i definitely see how the costumes are similar but it's it's definitely not the same guy the uh the 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 guy at the um oh my gosh uh google times the guy, the guy, the guy in the the police station at the beginning looks more like Toby Jones. Mm, okay, okay. Yep, Not I couldn't remember guy. Toby Jones's last name. <laughs> I guess. I mean, we've we've spoken about this before with sort of other things, like how the Charlie and Den Herder tale of on the high seas, how that sort of spread mm-hmm. really quickly amongst the the residents on Amity, it's obviously a small place and you know, you could just imagine some uh neighbour who probably was like well intentioned, um, but like a bit of a town gossip, maybe like overhearing something from their I don't know, maybe it was their husband or something that was in the police station that morning and they had then gone to their wife and said, like, Oh, there was a bit of a ruckus in the police station this morning. Sounds like a girl died on the yeah. beach or whatever. And then it's that sort of like Chinese whispers thing where it's like passed down, passed down and I can picture some neighbor sort of leaning over Mrs. Kintner's fence and just being like, oh, well, I heard a I, like, you know, a bit inappropriate since her son just died. Um, but being like, well, I heard a girl died here la- like last week or something. So I think that's probably how she found it out. That's not unreasonable because we've we've thought of a bunch of other things where kind of like news travels fast on Amity. So someone has obviously given her that extra bit of information but it's yeah it's i don't know if she without knowing that if she necessarily would have confronted brody in the same in the same manner but obviously it's important that all of this is sort of coming to light and i think it's even more significant that it happens in front of a crowd Mm. as well because there's really no hiding this now there's no there's no more cover-ups there's no you know, brushing things under the carpet. Like, a whole bunch of people have now heard this woman come up, slap the chief of police in the round the face, and say, you are responsible for my son's death because you didn't close the beaches because another girl died. So it is like, the secrets are out in Amity now, and it's only going to get worse from here, really. Yeah, I... I also think she might have overheard it, like, at the funeral home, like, within the the planning process or, or someone comes up to her during the funeral, which is clearly happening um, right then and there uh, and and told her that's kind of my suspicion is that she, you know, because whoever Chrissy's next of kin or, or whatever, they would be planning her funeral at the same time. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, those people would be like okay so you're telling me your kid got eaten by a shark days after our chrissy was found in pieces 
after a boating accident. Like, I feel like that that could be like people who had heard who knew about Chrissy, who heard about Alex putting two and two together and then getting with Mrs. Kittner to be like, hey, something, uh, well, pun not intended, fishy is going on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it, I don't know, I always like to speculate about these things. Like when the film doesn't necessarily fill in all of the gaps, I think some people get frustrated by that because they want every question answered. But I mean, it gives us plenty mm-hmm. to talk about on this podcast because we can sort of fill in those gaps ourselves and, and think about, you know, how sequence of events how like one thing like led to the other and all of the things that we've seen along the way but i i I fear that this is something i have said a lot in previous episodes so apologies again but i it really feels like this moment that we're talking about is the meeting of so many things so many crucial things that we we've spoken about and it's i mean it's so good and there's so much like there's little background things going on as well. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. yellow in this scene. Uh, we hadn't forgotten about <laughs> talking about that, but I think just in terms of the of the story, we're now seeing all of those all of those things, all of those missteps, all of those moments where we've had our head in our hands and been like, oh no, they should have. That's the wrong decision. They shouldn't have done that, or they should have done that. We're now seeing the very real and very emotional and very human impact of that and i think that it's great that we have the sort of culmination of all of those things in this very quiet scene that is just like a mother expressing her grief because there could have been any number of ways that this these all these things came together it could have been this big like screaming match on the on the harbor where mrs kidner was like wailing and you know clawing at brody or something and really causing a scene or like you know standing up on a podium and and yelling to all the residents of amity or something about you know this terrible corruption that was going on in the (laughs) in the town or anything like that but it's this just very quiet and like you said private moment that's happening between these two characters but yet there's you know a bunch of other people around and yeah yeah i think also the costuming in this scene on mrs kittner like she is dressed so traditional mm. funeral um like mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. to the point where it looks out of place to me like it, it it's yeah. making a statement about i think her representing the collective grief of the town that we've mentioned um that yep. that you know she stands here as mrs kittner who has lost her son but she also is a sim- symbol for the 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 grief that is consuming amity little by little much like the shark um and mm. i think that costume is the main thing that gives it away because it is i i don't know it, it seems so old i mean it almost seems like like colony times dress um (laughs) you know like like birth birth of of america type of uh uh uh, clothing but i think it also is it it represents how much this trauma means to the town like what it's it's everything it's economic it's you know it's i mean once again Mm -hmm. to bring a covid uh parallel into it the the losses we've suffered over this pandemic are more than just lives um it's livelihoods Mm. it's 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 dollars in pockets it's it's homes it's food in mouths it's clothing it's possessions it's um uh you know senses of self-worth it's it's uh senses of meaning it's senses of friendship and belonging and community and like there are so many different griefs griefs what's the plural of grief griefs tied up in this situation (laughs) and that's pretty similar to what's going on in amity too you know like uh the 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 losses i think are the long-term losses of the current current global situation are innumerable um and i think in 
in as such as uh, Jaws acts as not a microcosm of what's going on now because it's, you know, almost 50 <laughs> years old, but it, in that it's a microcosm of a community going through a traumatic event, that's what this represents. That's what this scene represents. And so from here going forward, we see Brody doing everything he can to get this community back on track. Mm. Yeah, and I think as well this, what makes this moment even more powerful is it is that sort of reminder of the of the really human cost in all of this. This is a mother grieving her son. I'm glad you picked up on the the outfit that she is wearing as well because it is it's so black. I mean, to quote Spinal Tap, there is none more black than uh, Mrs. Kintner's outfit. And, like, the veil, the hat, I mean, she looks great. Uh, it's a pretty snappy outfit, but also, there's a really great... Uh, I Maybe this is the background uh, character's bit that you were thinking of as well. Um, so, apologies if I'm jumping on your point, but the when it's, like, really close in on her face... And obviously she's wearing this like black hat and black veil and black dress and is black head to toe in her outfit. The the two two or three characters that we see just to the side of her, the sort of background characters, are almost entirely uh, either wearing yellow mm-hmm. or red. Uh, one of the guys is wearing like a yellow jacket and a red hat. Um, so we still have that that reminder that thing that these two colors that we've sort of seen throughout and we've spoken a lot about yellow but red is important as well um because you know alex is wearing red trunks and was on like a yellow mm. raft so the two colors were were represented very very clearly um in that character and we and we've seen throughout that red is obviously the sort of like blood in the blood in the water or you know a kill or a death and the yellow is the the danger or the warning or sort of signifies the shark as well so the 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 darkness of her, of her outfit and how it is that sort of like exaggerated morning outfit it contrasts so well with those two colors that we that we see and have spoken about so much that it's i don't know there's just something about it i just i love the positioning of those characters and how they are sort of like just just in the background like they are still there the threat is still there there is still more death and more bloodshed to come um and the shark is still out there the shark is still a presence and the the contrast of those bright colors with the black i think is just so good yeah those are the background actors i was i i was going to talk about and that's i mean that's fine um that's a Mm. perfect moment to talk about them (laughs) sorry Uh, the the other thing this is (laughs) gonna make me sound incredibly insensitive and i don't mean to but brody's glasses (laughs) make the guy who's wearing the red jacket look real funny in this scene it gives him like a double face and then it like elongates his neck he looks really funny in this in this scene it's not something i've ever noticed but the way he shoots it over brody's shoulder is you can see the guy through the lens of brody's glasses but you can also see the edge of the glasses frame coming off of him and he just has this it just distorts his head and because that's what glass does um, it's nobody's fault, but it was very funny, like picking through this <laughs> film with a fine tooth comb and uh, seeing that and being like, wow, that guy looks really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there's still like a, a a lighthearted moment in what is otherwise quite a serious yeah. scene. So little fun house mirror guy yeah, in the background. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, the thing is too, like a real kid didn't die, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's not a documentary, so. What? Nope. It isn't? I mean, it is uh, it well, is now, the... but it's just the documentary of the future in <laughs> 2020. <laughs> I, yeah. But I think those yeah, colors well... too, and we're going to start seeing this more and more, I think, as we get closer to 4th of July. Um, we start seeing mm-hmm. a lot of red, white, and blue as well. Like, there's a reason this is tied to America and, and like an American identity. It's a very <laughs> American film, which is, it's so interesting to me that, you know, this film is just as popular, it seems like, across the world as as it is here. Um, because I feel like it's definitely trying to say something specifically about this country. But I think, you know, 
it also is a lot of developed nations tend to think the same. Um, but I, I think it's definitely grounded in like an American identity and perspective. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a good point, actually. And I, I guess I've not really thought about this. I mean, I'm not stupid. Like, I know it's in America. I know it's significant that it's 4th of July and what that means and why people are so against you know having their freedoms and their their rights taken away from them uh again you know can't relate i don't to know what that's like stuff that's happening right now <laughs> but yeah i i've never thought like of jaws as an intrinsically american film or american story i think just because i like so many others have have found so many things in it to enjoy that that's not necessarily the the side of things that immediately jumps out but yeah we're, we're you're right we are going to start seeing that color palette change as we get to to the big day to fourth of july so i'm pretty sure the yellow continues through well yeah. i know it does because of the barrels and everything else but yeah definitely okay uh is do you have anything else about this scene um Yes, I don't think we we didn't really talk about Larry's oh, involvement yeah. in this scene. I mean, we spoke about like uh, obviously why she kind of approached Brody instead of Larry, and that makes total sense because you know you would go to the police guy when you know someone has died, not the mayor. Um, but Larry, I don't, oh gosh, I'm 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 right back to like hating Larry again. I mean, I don't think that's ever really truly gone away. But even though he sort of tries to, he's not obnoxious the way he says it, but the way after that whole emotional, impassioned speech from Mrs. Kintner, Larry's first reaction is to say, I'm sorry, Martin, she's wrong. What is she wrong about, Larry? (laughs) I don't get it. I don't, uh, like, I mean, I think it's it's a strange choice of words and is he implying that she is she's wrong to blame Brody is that what he's is that what he's saying I mean I think it's it's deeply insensitive and and Brody reacts to what he says in the best possible way and is just like you know no <laughs> basically but yeah what a, what a not very nice thing yeah to say. she's she's wrong about her grief is an insane <laughs> take man like right Pump, pump the brakes there, Larry. Uh, you don't get to make that decision. Yeah, I. It kind of floors me that line a little bit because it's like it's, it, it's not a particularly showy line. It's not. He's not putting on that like bravado. He says it quietly and sort of aside to Brody. But yeah, what is what is she wrong about, Larry? I wrote that in, like, all caps in my notes. I'm like, what is she wrong about? She's not wrong. Like, what are you trying to say? That her grief is wrong? That she's wrong that her son was killed? That she's wrong that her death, that his death could have been prevented? Like, what is yeah, she wrong about? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then the scene comes to a landing on, um, on Hooper watching, and just Hooper, mm. just Hooper watching Brody walk away. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, good face acting from Dreyfus in this scene, too. Like, he, you can see okay. on his face that everything that's been going on is kind of clicking into place with him. Of, And I think he, mm-hmm. he now understands a little more about where that boating accident narrative came from. And it wasn't necessarily Brody directly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I, I love that we don't get any dialogue out of Hooper in this moment. He because he says everything in in his face and with what we know about Hooper as well, you might have thought that he could have, you know, had a bit of a a smirk on his face or maybe been a bit sort of like, well, you know, told you so sort of thing, but that's absolutely the furthest thing thing from his mind at this stage. He looks very serious and is really like you said, taking in everything that has happened and this is i mean he he's not been on amity that long yeah so he's you know been called been called in and is aware that you know uh that that someone had been killed but 
it doesn't really... Hooper and Brody don't really talk about Alex's death, do they? It's because, obviously, it's Chrissy's body that he goes to examine, so... I, maybe this is the is Hooper sort of realizing that whoa, actually, like another kid has been, or another person has been killed by this. And I think oh, I don't know. It, maybe it just doesn't it just doesn't happen in the film because, hmm, what am I trying to say? Because he like obviously Larry in the previous scene is like I don't want to see the kid and the boy spilled all over the dock. Um, but maybe it's just in in this bit with Hooper sort of coming face to face with the very real grief that the the island is going through embodied in this one particular person that is sort of like yeah the realization of everything else that's that's gone on and filling in the gaps for him yeah i think we see um hooper transition from like showing up to the island and saying okay i'm here to do research about a potential shark that's here and then you know kind of just a little bit business as usual knowing he's going to encounter some remains of someone who was killed or whatever and and you know thinking Mm -hmm. okay well you know shark attack unfortunate but part of the job sometimes and and not an easy part to be sure and then he gets in there and he sees the boating accident thing and then sees the remains and is like okay what the hell like someone's lying here (laughs) and so now i'm angry about that and then you know his he kind of in the shark catching scene is like, well, let's make damn sure then, you know, like let's, let's cross our eyes or cross our T's and dot our eyes on this and, and make sure that this is the shark. Like we don't want any more people lost because of this. And now seeing, especially interacting with the mayor for the first time and then immediately seeing the weight of the grief of the town and, and the, the toll it's taking on its citizens um, directly. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. kind of seeing that little interaction between Brody and, and the, the mayor, he starts to feel real empathy, I think, for Brody and these people, you know? And, and I think that's shown in the next couple of scenes we're going to get into with, with Hooper and, and, and Brody um, at the dinner table where, it's just okay so this guy this is this is the guy you know i think in that moment there's a little (laughs) bit of i think i think brody or i think hooper always knew that brody was a good man and is trying to do right Mm -hmm. by these people but he also sees the way the pecking order and bureaucracy of this town has cost lives beyond what it should have and Mm. i think he recognizes that like you know, and he doesn't have every single little detail. So I think he also recognizes that, like, this is mostly not Brody's fault. Like, he may have some, you know, semblance of of, of compl- complacency in this, but this is coming from the top down. This is coming from powers that are a little bit beyond his control as the new police chief. Mm. Yeah, this this really paints a clear picture of Amity and how things go in this town for Hooper I think like you said he realizes that this isn't all this isn't all on Brody and obviously it's it's filling in those gaps for him in terms of why it was written on the form you know boating accident and the the cover-up and everything else that has that has gone on so you the fact that all of this is conveyed and he doesn't say a single thing is honestly just blowing my mind as I think about it because you see it you see that realization you see him processing you see him him thinking about all of these things and he is now sort of slotting all of these pieces together and now he kind of knows what he's letting himself in for like when he arrived you know he was just the you know the guy from the oceanographic institute and he's here to do a job and to investigate these shark attacks and and to see what's going on but now he's been faced with like the the reality the harsh reality of not just the grief that is is being experienced here, but all the sort of overlapping authorities and bureaucracy of the town is just all there and is all kind of coming to a head to him. So, I mean, Richard Dreyfus, come on. Like, just to get all of that across in this scene and not to say a single word, I just, I, what a guy. Yeah, and <laughs> I also love his reaction to the slap too. Like, he's just like, oh, wow, like, this is serious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
he like recoils almost, yeah. doesn't he? He's kind of just like or like winces, but it's a really great yeah. Reaction. It's a great yeah, slap right. sound too. Like it, it. I don't know. It feels proper. Like it's not like a movie slap, you know. There's some mm-hmm. there's some weight in 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 that slap. Um, it's like yeah. it's more of a thud than an actual slapping sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the first um the first thing i wrote in my notes which um it felt a bit too tongue-in-cheek to mention at the start because we were having a very serious conversation but <laughs> the first thing i wrote in my notes was this scene slaps so... <laughs> <laughs> well there's the episode title right at the gate yes <laughs> i've got to get a i've got to get a funny in there somewhere or i'll wait for the right moment to <laughs> to unleash it but yeah <laughs> Uh, oh. that's pretty good <laughs> i can't think of a better place to end our analysis of this scene than right there so um yeah if uh you would like more of our shenanigans you can follow us on twitter at jaws for a minute um on there and you can follow our individual accounts at sarah buttery that's s-a-r-a-h-b-u-d-d-e-r-y you can follow me at mj smith 891 uh, the DMs are open, but if you would like to send us an email, please do. Uh, you can email us at jawsforaminute at gmail.com and uh, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, if you have any feedback, if you also run a minute-by-minute breakdown of Jaws and uh, we don't know about it and you want a <laughs> shout-out, you can do that. Uh, and also, if you guys could go and give us a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice uh our preferred platforms are itunes and spotify i think that's where we get the most interaction but yeah whatever you're using google we're on uh, a bunch of different sites and um yeah wherever wherever you want to get that please uh please do that it helps the show rise in the ranks it helps get new listeners to the show also uh, i want to just thank people for uh their reviews that they left they've been very kind and have made us feel nice so um yeah, keep doing that. Or if you hate the show, I guess you can do that too. Just don't let us know. Um, <laughs> let us stumble upon that like months later. Uh, <laughs> if you would like some merch, we have two incredible designs available on just about any household object you could imagine and t-shirts and hoodies and things like that. Those are available at Redbubble and at Public, and you can find a link to that in our Twitter bio. Um, the other thing you can find a link to in our Twitter bio is our coffee page. If you would like to buy us a coffee, um, and just support the show and say, Hey, thanks for the, thanks for the entertainment guys. Um, you can, uh, you can do that. Thanks for, uh, anal- uh, 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 analyzing scenes of, of deep emotional trauma amongst the community and then ending it on a pun. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's the that's the premium content we are here for. Have a coffee. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening and supporting the show. Uh, however much uh, you do, even if it's just listening, if you're ju- if you're just a lurker and you just appreciate us every week, we appreciate you right back. And uh, until next time, it's Jaws o'clock somewhere. <laughs> oh.